0: Well, let's see, how does that work? So so I'm gonna gauge it on self-preservation, okay? So, you know, uh, Will Finch is now a Waterloo Region cop, so I'm gonna say Will Finch is number one, and then Foulds is doing a heck of a job. He's a great coach, a great leader and mentor, and he's at, at, at the Cross Street Rival Laurier, so he's two. And Merchant's over-slinging the rock in Europe and having a good old time, so he's three. How about I base it off that? Hey folks, Chris Pertoya, head coach, University of Waterloo Warriors football. Thanks for tuning in and listening to At The 55.
1: Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. Today, Dakota and I are joined by a very special guest, former offensive line coach with St. FX with Western for a number of years, and finally settled in as the head coach and current head coach with the Waterloo Warriors. Welcome to the show, Chris Bertoya, Coach Bertoya. How are you doing, sir?
0: I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, and uh, want to first give a shout out to you guys uh, doing a great job and uh, with the the at the 55 podcast and and everything you do with your social media platform. And I can say from one uh, one head coach, anyways, but I know that uh, we have all. Talked about it, but uh, obviously keeping the game uh, intact right now and, and relevant. So uh, kudos to you guys, and and it's great for our players. So thank you.
1: Well, that means a lot coming from you, Coach. Um, now I know next time we have you on, I can introduce you as at the 55 Superfans, so I'm definitely making a note of that. Um, <laughs> Coach, the last time, as far as I am aware, that you and I were in the same vicinity it was the evening of August 30th, 2015. Oh, we're dating back. We're, we're dating back a little bit. Warrior Field. I was still playing for Guelph in my last year. And yeah. I believe it was your debut with the Warriors now, I have the score written down. I won't reiterate it, but from an interview we did with some of your players uh, oh, about gonna, a year you're ago, gonna bring, you're going to bring this one up, eh? I'm start. I'm starting with uh, with a little history. Uh, apparently, you you still remember this game, you, you, not not too not too fondly, if I
0: may. What do you remember that night? Oh, uh, it was a big ass whooping. Uh, quite frankly, <laughs> I believe the final score was eighty-seven to seven. You know, one thing I'll say, uh, Zach, that uh, I didn't get the memo, but you certainly lost your O-line figure. I I still got (laughs) it. Uh, Anyways, uh, but, uh, yeah, no, that was a a good old butt kicking, and and obviously uh, that was a great year for Guelph, going on to win the Yates Cup and obviously uh, coming into that game, um, knowing full well that, that, you know, you guys were Yates Cup favorites, contenders, um, certainly... uh, no, you know, not the way you want to kick off your head coaching career, that's for sure, but neither were the first two years going 0-16, so um, that's certainly, yeah, you know, there was there was a, there's, you know, at the end of the game there, not at the end of the game, probably about, I don't know the exact time, but, you know, four minutes-ish, um, just, you know, there's a way to play football at that <laughs> point in time, and there's a way not to play football, and, uh, I have a memory uh, going, going quads four by one with Jacob Scarphone at the boundary receiver and Alex Skinner, the backup, who's a Vanier Cup winner, um, throwing a vertical, you know, I'm, I'm all for, uh, you know, my whole thing with when we were starting our program was kind of like, you know, we have to take these, these lumps, we have to play against the best teams and know where we got to get to. Um, I certainly think that, uh, you know, that was a learning experience for us all. Uh, when I say knowing where we got to get to, if, you know, you run a stretch zone play and your third string tailback busts it for a 60 yard touchdown, that's what happens. If you run a, a dig pattern with your wide receiver and he breaks a few tackles and takes it 60 yards to the house when it's 80 to seven, that's what happens. I'm, I'm all for playing football and getting kids experience, but you know, when you do something like that, it's just kind of, I'm just not sure where the validation is, but regardless, uh, it's well, over I, and done with, you know, may, I, I may have told some of those old boys that weren't a part <laughs> of that, that it was the last play of the game. You know, you gotta stir the pot a little bit sometimes, but, uh, it certainly was late in the game, but, uh, I, I mean, it's over and done with now. That's for sure. Um. I no, I, I mean, I, I had to just bring it up because it was too
1: funny. <laughs> when uh, I, I don't remember which, of, I think it was Ternowski brought it up, or it might have been actually. I think it was Greg Greg Brand who brought up the story. I was like, wait, hold on, th- I played in that game. Wait a second, I think it was Brando. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was, but so you mentioned those first two seasons, um, you know, perhaps not the way that you wanted to go, but the the moment that I have heard a lot of people around the team talk about. Was I believe a preseason game, in I think 2017, and you guys were playing Western, and I believe this is now Trey's first year. And there was some play. There's I, I always hear about this one play he busted when people realized that. Oh wait, hold on. There's something going on here. But aside from the obvious of just Trey Ford and those weapons that you accumulated on offense, and you know the defense completely goes overlooked uh, entirely when you just go through position by position. You guys are just have been stacked there too. But what was that process like when, you know, this, this franchise that had been snake bitten to say the least, just going back a decade was finally starting to to show some light and very quickly become really competitive in the OUA in a very competitive OUA at that.
0: Yeah. You know, obviously uh, <clears throat> there was guys in the recruiting process in the first couple of years that they believed in the vision. And, and certainly I like to be transparent and, and, uh, you know, uh, some, some people would say, you can't say you're going to lose, but, but, you know, when Tyler Ternowski, Dion Peller and Curtis Gray, those three guys come to mind cause they were all drafted this year. And, um, you know, when, when recruiting those guys, it's like, Hey, your greatest opportunity right now is that you're going to, you're going to get thrown into the, the wolves a baptism by fire. And, and, you know, God willing, you get out of the season healthy and you have great off seasons, you know, we're going to be able to build it from there. And then, and then, you know, uh, Part and parcel of that, we had already kind of set the foundation. First and foremost, I mean, I'm an O-line guy, so we got to, you know, if you, if you look at the teams that are perennial powers that compete year in and year out, whether it's in the OUA or uh, the rest of U sports, what's one common denominator? The line of scrimmage. I mean, you know, and and so we obviously started there and built in there, and and then um, you know getting some good athletes like Tyler and and Dion, kind of under the radar guys, right? Like none of those guys were you know CFC one hundreds, any of that kind of stuff. And um, and part of a uh, you know the formula for success was to to recruit from winning programs winning high school programs you know get guys in the locker room that don't accept mediocrity guys that have been part of a football program that uh you know expects to win needs to put the work in the weight room um in the off season uh on the field whatever it may be they have just been a part of a good culture um and they don't accept mediocrity and that that helps to change the culture in your locker room um and then you know you're just going you know uh really uh when I was when Trey was in grade ten, Trey and Tyrell, okay, were in grade ten. Um, we, were, we, I was still at Western, and we did a camp, and they were there, and and they kind of said at that point in time that you know they weren't overly interested in Western. It wasn't, you know, we were really gonna have to woo them to get them to Western type deal, and and they they're they're both very much an underdog story. Uh, they were the same coming out of elementary school into a and Meyer that hadn't won a football game. in you know, five, six seasons, you know, they were, they were all about helping to turn around a program and then just stayed on them for when I took the job at Waterloo and built a great relationship with them and, and just knew, um, you know, similar to what Trey's going through now, um, in the next step of his, his journey to the CFL, there's guys that believe that he can be that quarterback and a game changer, you know, um, and i i definitely believe that i think that was a a tool for us to to land trey i think everybody wanted him but no one was i i was selling him from day 1 that he was going to be the he was going to be the guy to turn the program around he's going to be the quarterback you know and 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 and, and tyrell too you know um, tyrell gets overlooked because Trey's the quarterback and the quarterback's the CEO of the team, right? And um, we got to shut down boundary corner and Tyrell and then he kick returns. And, you know, he's just as dynamic. He's probably, you know, Trey's going to kill me for this, but Tyrell, you know, he gets ahead of He's about ahead of, you know, I had I had a tray just on those it. forty yard sprints. Tyrell's a little a little tweak faster, um, and if that just breeds a little more competition between the two, then so be it. But uh, um, you know, he got you know Tyrell was kind of it's always kind of tray tray tray, and and uh, you know I I certainly thought uh, Tyrell could be a game changer on the defense too. Uh, but yeah, I mean everybody knows, and and when you have a, a quarterback like him who's just you know the wow factor I mean you know I like to have fun. Uh, that's one thing that I like to do in football, whether it's uh, you know at practice or during the game you know and and he'll kind of do some stuff and I'll turn and look at the you know the guys that are standing beside me is it just like we drew it up hey eh, boys you know kind of like <laughs> um, you know that play against Western we ran at uh, we weren't playing them in that 2017 regular season which was a good thing <laughs> i mean you want to play everybody certainly you have to but uh you know they were a juggernaut that year and and uh we played uh we just did a crossover practice like a scrimmage and stuff and when we were doing ones versus ones um we would start like at the 45 going into the to the goal line and i think we were probably you know 20 yards out or whatever it may be and and you know they, you know their defensive line or linebackers, I, you know maybe both broke through our line of scrimmage and, and Trey, you know, he went, you know he went to the feet he was on the I believe we were on the left hash, he went, you know he sprinted away to the left, you know to to the field side, you know put his foot in the dirt, came you know came backwards, you know ten yards and went you know to the mid middle of the field and went back. And then came back across the whole field and ran it into the end zone. And you're just like, okay. <laughs> you know, um, and that was kind of a wow factor for me, um, even though it's just a practice. But, you know, guys are competing when there's off color jerseys there. You know, as you know, you guys were part of those crossover type scrimmages when in your playing days, too, right? Like the, the blood gets boiling, too. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't speak enough about what Trey's, uh, meant to our program. Um, you know, the X factory brings obviously, and, uh, certainly happy that, um, uh, you know, he opted out of the draft and deferred his draft. And, and, you know, that's a whole, you know, a, there's, there's people out there that, Oh, you know, he should have went to, uh, well, you know what, it was his decision. Um, my job as a coach is to support him in whatever he wants to do. Um, obviously you want to, you know, be educated in your decision, and then, weigh out the pros and cons but uh you know ultimately himself tyrell and some of those other guys that deferred their draft that are that are uh, coming back and it's it's uh they kind of want to finish what they started so um and they still got to finish their degree and and that's a big piece too right and as you guys know football ends right and you gotta have even though you don't want to say it's the backup plan but you know everybody's goal is going to want to be played professionally but ultimately uh we move on with life. Right. So that's an important piece too.
2: Well, I know Zach's going to want to talk about Ford for a little bit longer. So I'm going to interrupt him there, especially since he was number one on our list. I'm sure you, you like that ranking there. Um, oh, but you had your hand in re- sure. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you've had your hand in in recruiting for forever. I'm not. You're, I'm sure you don't remember this, but you're actually the one that sent me my Western like medical recruitment forms. In I I remember Dakota. <laughs> I remember. I remember. 100. Um, and and earlier talking about you know when you were you know we'll call it rebuilding Waterloo, you're being honest with players and saying you know we're not we're not going to come out and win right away. Um, and one first of all I respect that, but second of all, is there is it, is it hard to kind of, it, do you find that closes doors for a lot of players? Cause I know there are a lot of players that I've coached that, you know, and this is a knock on any schools, but we'll go to, you know, U of T after coaching with me or playing with me and winning all their games and then not maybe not winning until their third year. So do you find it closes the door? And also the players that do come in, do you, are they more committed? Cause they're aware that, you know, they're not going to win until maybe their second or their third year.
0: Yeah. I think, I think you nailed it, Dakota. I think, there's there's certainly an awareness, um, and it certainly does close doors. Um, you know, it was certainly easier to recruit at Western than it is at Waterloo, um, and that's not to say like it's 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 hard to recruit. It's difficult to recruit everywhere, but um, winning begets winning. Uh, I, you know, strength surrounds itself with strength. The guys want to. You look at Alabama. Well, how the hell do they get four or five star running backs and five star <laughs> quarterbacks? And you know. Every locker room, they're full. You know, they look to their right and their left, and it's just, well, because they want to surround themselves with guys that are going to push themselves and have the same mindset. And so, yeah, certainly at the start, um, you know, we worked really hard. And, and and I say we because, you know what, the one thing that's, you know, is, is I got to give a shout-out to, you know, Darrell Adams, our defense coordinator and recruiting coordinator, and Brendan Conway, our other full-time coach as special teams coordinator and linebacker coach because – um, and, and the rest of our coaching staff because, you know, this year uh, the, the 2020, you know, season that didn't happen would have been our fourth consecutive year as a full staff and that entire staff's returning for next year and I think continuity and a staff certainly helps too um, and, and so, um, you know yeah, it's, I think it's just uh, the process of what you said. It's just, yeah, it's, some of the guys said, no, coach, I'm not interested in a rebuild, right? Like, it, it's a mindset. So they certainly do come in and they know. And, and quite frankly, there's an opportunity. I mean, some guys also, um, you know, you, you, when they come to your your environment, your program, um you have to change their mindset on culture and team because some of those guys also looked at that opportunity like hey coach birds giving me 4500 bucks and i can start as a freshman like shoot this is great right so you kind of have that whole topic is is you know of do i go to an established program where the likelihood is depending on the year sometimes there's greater needs at certain positions than others depending on the year i might have to sit and wait my turn for a couple years but I'm good with that. I'm not going to bang out my body. I'm going to get in the gym. I'm going to get bigger and stronger. So when I get my opportunity, I'm certainly going to be able to seize it. And then, and sometimes you roll the dice when we we're when we did you know start the program up when you're starting freshmen. A lot of freshmen. I, I believe my first year that you know the reference to that game, Zach uh, in in 2015. You know, I think we had about eight or nine freshmen starting. You know, like. And, and what you risk with that is, is certainly on the line of scrimmage, the physicality and, and just kids can get injured. And then they get injured and and they have a setback and they can't move forward in their progression as a player. So, yeah, it's uh, it, I, I certainly believe that, you know, when we landed Trey and, and Tyrell's commitment, I knew they were close and it was kind of early December and I was like – and it was between us and Guelph, the final two, and it's just like – are we ready to pull the trigger? And and I'm not a real pressure tactic recruiter. I, I I don't, none of us do. We kind of, we think it's a big decision in life. And and certainly, you know, if my young son is ever a good enough athlete to be recruited, I wouldn't want a coach going, <laughs> hey, here's your offer. But, you know, you got to let me know by Sunday night, you know, on a Friday night conference. Like, you know, it's, it's too big of a decision. And I'm not saying that everybody does that. But, I, you know, it's just kind of like, hey, if you guys make that commitment, people are going to see it. And then they're gonna to want to come join you, kind of deal. And and so, it's certainly progressed as we've had the a better trend in the last three years in, in the recruiting, that's for sure. But uh, it was it was a it was a tough it was a dramatic as you know Dakota being at Western for a bit. It it was a dramatic change going from kind of the top to the bottom and, and um, your sales pitch really because recruiting sales, so it's a, it changes that's for sure.
1: Well, you know, first off, you mentioned that it was between you guys and Guelph. That was that in the Ford brother sweepstakes you were mentioning.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I'm just a little bit sad now. I didn't know that story, but <laughs> they both look they both look great in black and gold. So you know that, that that's good to hear. Um, but you know, I, I do want to bring it back to Trey a little bit because you know it's great what you were saying about him deferring the draft class and being able to finish what they started and. Maybe this is just as the, you know, the, not soul, but one of the very few people that kind of cover OUA football in the way that we do, you think of things in terms of storylines. And once you guys got rolling in 2018, when it really became this juggernaut offense and playmakers on defense and really solid special teams, it was, Oh, four and four. That's great. And then it was, you know, it was coming off of that. Oh, and, oh, and eight. And then it was another four and four. And it yeah. was that, the second time around was a little disappointing And now we're getting to the point where, you know, the the elephant in the room, of course, is that eventually we'll no longer have Trey playing for Waterloo. We'll no longer have Gordon Lamb, Tyler Trenowski. I guess it's a bit of a two-part question. One, as a staff, as a team, do you ever battle with that? Or do you just think, you know, deal with what we have right now. We got these guys. We're not concerned about what comes later. And then I guess as the other follow-up is, what is sort of, uh, as far as the, the culture of Waterloo, it's obviously been impacted so greatly by guys like Trey, by Tyler, by Tyrell. When they're gone, what is the impact that they have left on the culture that's going to be there when they're no longer there? What's that sort of thing that makes Waterloo so special?
0: Well, for you know, the four and four, three, three four and fours in a row. Um, I mean, the, each, each season is, as you guys know, is unique to itself. Um, you know the 2017 season. Um, you know we started off four and zero, and then you know there's there's close games in there too, and if those are always the woulda coulda shouldas, you know, and it, but you just see the progressions of so four and four. So here's how I'm I'm a glasses half full guy. It's always about positivity and how do we take the next steps ascending up that mountain. And and, and certainly uh, going 4-4 four four in 2017 was was good, but we went 4-4 four and four and uh, we lost a pretty t- tightly – I think it was – I don't know what the score, 38-33 or maybe 43-33, something like that to Ottawa U. It was basically winning in. We didn't win. We didn't get in. So then 2018, um, we had – We had the uh, game against Guelph in the last game of the regular season. It was quite a battle. It went into double overtime. um, And and we lost. And if we won that game, we would have finished third, I think, or fourth. We would have been the third or fourth seed. But we lost. But – we lost and we had a little help from, you know, someone out there and and we backed into the playoffs in the sixth seed. And then the following week had to go back to Guelph, you know, um, and we, we, you know, competed our tails off in that game, but we took that next step. So if you see the progression here, even though the regular season records are the same, it's always just about taking that one step, that one major step to get better. And, um, and so then in 19, you know, we, we finished four and four and, you know, we had a tough, you know, as you start to go, you get a tougher schedule and a tougher run. And we kind of ran the, a little bit of a gauntlet where it was uh we we're at Western, we played Laurie, then we we're at Mac to finish the season. And, you know, we lost to Western 45, 42 on a last second field goal. Um, You know, and that's my fault. I mean, we should have just played for overtime. They weren't stopping us. But, you know, if I write, guard climbed to the wheel linebacker, Dion Peller might have ran to get into field goal range. Who knows? I mean, I've always been aggressive. We've always wanted to be aggressive. So, um, but I st- certainly point the thumb at me for that one. Um, and then the following week, we had an epic battle with Lorette, lost the Battle of Waterloo 53 50 in triple overtime. And then we kind of laid an it in uh, McMaster, and it, kind of they whipped our butts in the first half. But then the second half we competed a lot better. Um, and then we went down to Ottawa and we, we put together the best game that we've had as in my tenure as head coach here in all three phases, and and uh, beat them. And then went down and competed. So we we had our first playoff win in in 20 years. So I guess my the progress piece is that four and four no playoffs, four and four quarterfinal playoff loss, four and four first quarterfinal win and competed our tails off against Western 3024. So there's, there's always, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think the guys were excited and chomping at the bit for a 2020 season. Um, You know, and, and I would, you know, I'm not putting the cart before the horse. I certainly think that our, our opponents and our peers certainly have respect for us now and would, would put us in that upper echelon of teams for right now. Um, in the coming season. So, you know, the goal was to just continue to take those steps forward and and that won't change. Um, you know, from a culture standpoint, um, those guys, you know, we, we have two rules on our team. Um, the major rule is the word respect. And the second rule on our team is land a recruit. And uh, And so, you know, Trey, you know, Trey's helped this year. We have landed two good quarterback recruits coming in from Edmonton and Calgary. And Trey's been on those Zoom calls and saying, you know, like, I can't leave. We can never be 0-8 again, and we got to be in the playoffs every year, and you guys are the guys that got to – you know, it's just even those little things from a starting piece. And, and I just think that overall just the, the, the cultural shift on campus, um, you know, our, our administration in our athletic department, our central administration, you know, we, we have a – I don't know if you guys have seen it, but we have a beautiful – 17.5 million dollar field house and it's uh it's it's i mean it uh we had craig butler come out and guest guest uh, coach our dbs and he walked in he was like holy i didn't i heard about it but it didn't think it was like this you know so um all that kind of stuff and and just our strength and conditioning um has you know, gotten better and better we hired one of your old teammates andrew graham as our strength and conditioning coach so you know uh we're uh you know we're excited for the future and the culture I think has changed from going through this process really um, and taking the beatings and, and and still having that positive mindset. Okay, um, I we I'm an acronym guy, so the word hope have only positive expectations. I, I don't accept negativity. Um, there's too much negative shit going on. I'm sorry about my language in, in the world. Um, let's be positive and, and always see the glasses half full and, and certainly reflect on, on things we made mistakes on. We have to learn from those. Um, but also recognize that, that, you know, we're, we're doing some good things and, and, and just, uh, in winning's fun and you guys know that it's fun. And so we have a lot of fun with winning. We I'm not going to show you any video, but we got what we call the dub club kind of, I'm a Chicago bears fan. So we kind of played it off that. And when you start off, uh, Owen and 16 um and you realize the oua and the parody in the oua now is is awesome it's outstanding and and any any given saturday i mean you're going to be in a battle and winning is not easy and so we celebrate every win um and we have uh we call it the you know dub club and and uh we have fun the lights go out there's some strobe lights and a song comes on and we all dance with the players for for a quick five minutes and Little hoorah, and 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 you know, but everybody looks forward to that, and and so, um, you know, I think that's the big piece, and and part of uh, everything we've done is tried to build a legacy for these players to leave here and uh, and and set the stage and for the next guys to take over. So, um, you know what? It's yet to be seen. So I, I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm crossing my fingers that we're doing the right things, but. You never know, and and certainly there'll be there'll be points that we gotta fix too. But uh, I certainly really like where our culture's at right now. Um, you know, I like where our overall team concept is. Part of building our culture is kind of bridge some gaps between. And you guys know, being in a football locker room with a hundred odd guys, you know, offensive guys tend to clique together with themselves. And, D, and and we've really just had this uh, over the last you know eighteen months. Uh, 2019 season and then just kind of COVID is, is, is teams bonded and come together. And, and you hope that that um, transitions and continues to go, because I think when you play for each other, you have a greater chance to.
1: 100%. Um, and you mentioned, as you mentioned, any given Saturday, um, specifically at 1 p.m. because that's when all the games are. Um, <laughs> I can't not take a shot at the OUA when I'm on the mic, but um <laughs>
0: We'll try you know, to change that. We'll try to change that with the, who knows what's going to happen with the this this fall. But we we'll try wow. to change those 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 times so we don't have to stay overnight. So maybe we'll have late two o'clock kickoffs and one o'clock kickoffs. <laughs> who knows? We'll take your advice.
1: Well, I would definitely love to get into that a little bit. And you you mentioned the parody, but you also in there mentioned the Battle of Waterloo, that epic. And, you know, it wasn't a Saturday game. I believe that was a Thursday night. Was that the, am I remembering yeah. that correct? A Thursday night. So, you know, yeah, Thursday night. maybe switch up the, the, the time starts and we get some uh, epic matchups like that one. But of course, you're no stranger to the Battle of Waterloo. As a coach, though, do you see it from a certain different lens? And when you mentioned the culture around not only the football team, but the campus at Waterloo, what does it mean for you as the coach of this program that's building to see that energy every year? battle of waterloo incredible games and and some incredible outcomes of late what does that mean to have that as a well, yeah, piece in with the culture
0: it's an important piece I, I think uh you know it's it's kind of like you know when when you take over a program and in my history obviously it being my alma mater and, and and playing Laurier and yates cups and stuff uh, um you know that that's kind of the like first thing we got to beat What's the main goal? If there's one game we're going to win each year, it's got to it's it's got to beat Laurier, right? Like, uh, and 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 certainly that was a one way street, so it wasn't really an, a battle, even though the the game was a battle, the Battle of Waterloo. It wasn't a battle until we won that game, which was another epic game, 34-32 at Laurier in 2018 and, and then last year's. And so now it's, it's a game that everybody circles and, and certainly the rivalry has grown. Um, and the respect, I think, from, uh, both, both teams and both clubs. And obviously I have history with Michael and he's a great coach and he's done great things there. And, and uh, we have a history from way back when he was in his final year at Western. That was my first year at Western in 2009. And, and uh, it's great. It's great to see that rivalry back. And, uh, and you know, we're excited for the game this year. Um, that's one game we know we're certainly going to have because they always protect those rivalry games. It's just it, it creates a little bit of a buzz within the Waterloo community. Obviously, Waterloo is a university town you know, with two universities and nearly, you know, 50, 60, 55,000 students uh, um, creates a little bit of a buzz. Um, and, and it's a great rivalry. It's 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 a great rivalry now. And and that's because it's competitive. And I think that's the important piece. Well,
1: it's, it's totally been such a, you know, between that and Panda I honestly, it's it's been just such a pleasure this past uh, three years having meaningful rival, rivalry games. Nothing in regular season really compares to it. Um, but I think part of what what makes it so special is, is connecting with something you had mentioned before is that parody that's been going on in the league of the past few years because they're not just competitive games and it's a, a feud within the, the city of, of Kitchener-Waterloo, but it's it's meaningful in terms of the standings in the OUA and, and you know, you talk about those playoff scenarios and tie, the tiebreakers are crazy. It it makes (laughs) my brain does backflips every time I try and figure it out. But what do you chalk up that parody in the OUA of late too? Is it just an influx of talent? Is it just, how is it seemingly like, is it just the recruiting's gotten better? What do you sort of think has lended itself to this happening?
0: Well, I can only speak from, from, you know, my Waterloo experience, I think. Uh, But I think that teams like universities, they've made a decision that they're going to invest in their football programs, really. Um, There was the whole issue of haves and have-nots and, uh, you know, part and parcel of when when I was fortunately hired here, it's it's kind of like, hey, are we going to have the support? Because Waterloo's obviously a great academic institution. It's eighty percent or bust to you know to get in at the you know into your sociologies. It's eighty percent and eighty percent is that cutoffs for scholarships, and that's a huge piece for us. We need to be able to provide guys with scholarships, and and we've gotten a lot of uh, support from our central administration in that regard, and and re engagement with our uh, our alumni. You know, recruiting's the lifeblood of your program, and Recruiting is not singular to just uh, high school student athletes. It's about re-recruiting your alumni and recruiting support within the community. And and uh, you know I think that a lot of programs, um, some of them have had new hires, um, some of them are old traditional powerhouses that have had new hires. Uh, you name it, but uh, just you know it's if you look at when I took over Waterloo, I was one of the youngest coaches in the league. And now, now I'm like, I'm old. <laughs> it's, a, you know, with, with Snyder and JP Cercelli and those guys getting hired, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, just a reinvigorated league and I, and I, you know, and I, and it's a credit to, you know, the recruiting process and, and people, you know, spreading their wings and their breadth of the, the net that they're casting. Um, you see a lot more kids from out West coming to OUA schools, um, you know, and I think it's it's just strengthening our, our conference overall, and, and um, it's a credit to really all the programs, I think. And and it just makes it so much fun every Saturday that, like, you obviously go in with the mentality that you're prepared to win, that you've prepared well enough to win. Um, but, man, every game is, is – uh, shoot, if I – you know, reflect and look back at some of all, like even 2019, you know, Windsor, we went down to the wire with U of T. We went down to the wire with everybody. Like some of those teams that, you know, their overall record wasn't great. Like they were competing their asses off. And then it makes it fun. It makes it fun when you're in a game, those, those, those 87 to seven games. They're not so much fun.
1: <laughs> well, it depends which side you're on. Um, well, yeah. I suppose.
0: you. you
1: You mentioned Windsor, though. I mean, just as a quick aside, they'd seemingly been one of the few teams that's consistently been uh, a competitive team with you that's perhaps not in that upper strata of teams in the OU way. I mean, do you have anything real quick on on what they have on you guys? Like, is it something about who? knows? I mean, I'm, I'm a big Sam Girard fan for them a quarterback is it
0: he's he's good man sam gerard's good I, I think he's uh underappreciated um certainly i think he's good you know they always have good athletes they've they've done it you know and they're and joe damore was he was he was he's a friend and he did a good job that you know he was recruiting and we, he was competitive and now with the uh, obviously uh, jp cercelli and the cercelli family I'm a London CCH guy. They're, they're you know, Mr. Mike Shircelli's like my second father. And so I, that's a football family that's taken over that program. And. And, uh, there's a lot of pride there and, and a lot of hard work and effort. And, um, you know, I don't know, I don't know, really, like, uh, maybe it's the one o'clock, uh, kickoff. I don't know. You go drive down there and you, we got a three hour drive, you, you know, it's not in the budget to go stay overnight. I don't know. I keep saying, why don't we push that game to three o'clock or something, you know, but, uh, not to make excuses, but, uh. <laughs> No, I, I don't – you know, fortunately enough, we've came out on the, the right end uh, the last three seasons in a row. But like you said, yeah, I don't know any rhyme or reason to it, to be honest. I, I think, um, you know, I think that they compete against us hard because I think we 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 all we still have to prove that, you know, we're a team that deserves to be you know, recognized alongside of the names of Western and McMaster and, and those perennial powers, Guelph. You know, like if those are – we're still, you know, to some teams, we're still Waterloo, and, uh, and we're always out there trying to prove that uh, wrong.
1: Well, I I would be remiss if I didn't ask you a few Western, somewhat specific things since I have you here, and you mentioned the name Michael Folds already as another um, colleague of yours in the, in the coaching ranks, and of course we all remember the the clip of him running out to the field, the the busted up knee, two thousand nine, as you mentioned. In this past decade, and you've obviously been at Waterloo for, for half of that decade in the 2010s, we, we've seen some incredible talent at, at quarterback for uh, the Western Mustangs. So, including Michael Falls, If you had to pick, <laughs> we put Michael Falls up there, Will Finch, Chris Merchant. You get to take one of those guys for the Purple Ponies. or Well, or, or,
0: well let's see. On. How does that work? So, so I'm going to gauge it on self-preservation, okay? <laughs> so you know uh will finch is now a waterloo region cop so i'm gonna say will finch is number one and then falls is doing a heck of a job he's a great coach a great leader and mentor and he's at, at, at the cross street rival laurier so he's two and merchants over slinging the rock in europe and having a good old time so he's three how about i base it off that well we
2: we have we have merch coming on the show next week so you may want to reconsider that. I don't know if Falls folds coming on, so and I don't think he listens to it as much as merch does.
0: <laughs> hey, Chris knows I got mad respect for him. He's a heck of a football <laughs> player. I am not saying that uh, as a as a rebuttal either. I I he's he's I mean, he's Vania Cup champion and um number number two, weird, league, you know? yeah. no forward, number 2 in the league, you know. No
2: Trey for it. Number 2 in the league.
0: Hey, Merchant's outstanding. I, I, you know, he, he's, he is a, a guy that he's a big, strong guy that is, is so mobile. I mean, that's, you know, if you say what's his, what's his sneaky, you know, super strength, it's running. Like he has done so much with his legs, you know, and then, um, yeah, Merchant's great. I mean, all three of those guys, are you kidding me? They're, they're outstanding. I mean, I guess from you go from Western talk, if, you know, winning's the ultimate thing, then, merch is the guy right like that's what it's based on you know um so for i didn't i uh, unfortunately didn't get an opportunity to, to coach chris but i did uh, you know one year with mike and then obviously recruited will and um you know i they're all great it's hard to pick really
1: Well, then, moving from the quarterback position to the (laughs) position you're the most familiar with, because of our at-the-55 brethren, Mr. Eddie Meredith, our former teammate... Oh, Edmund. ...at Metro Toronto Wildcats.
0: Can I get a quick... I thought maybe Eddie was going to make a special guest appearance here tonight and give me a little side shock here. (laughs) Well, let's shock him, then. Can we get a top-three
1: ranking of your offensive lineman you had your tenure with Western? Oh, man.
0: (laughs) Well, I, I mean... I guess based, yeah, uh, you know, Shane Bergman just retired from the Calgary Stampeders and he had an outstanding career with with the stamps and uh, Shane did a great job for us at Western Sean Jameson, uh, outstanding playing for the Alouettes. Um, uh, you know, Matt Norman, uh, he's probably my, you know, one of my favorites of all time. Matt, he's, uh, he had the long hair down to his butt and he played for the BC lions for a few years. And, um, you know he's a teacher at, at St. Thomas Parkside now and a coach, and um, he did an outstanding job. Joe Sarselli was good too. You know Joe Joe went and played a couple years in the CFL. I mean, we were fortunate to have a lot of you know Matt Van Praed at center. He was outstanding. You know a guy that un, I I thought should have deserved a shot at the CFL, but you know they aren't they aren't cool with six foot one guys like me and 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 uh, and old Matty. You know uh, it's kind of. Yeah, there's a ton of guys. Obviously, Eddie too. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm dragging Eddie out so he just gets infuriated. Okay, um, but you know, Eddie did a great job transferring over from Boston College, and 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 Dave Brown. He's also another guy that he was the anchor of that O line with uh, in the 2017 Vanier team. Yeah, lots of lots of, you know. There's no shortage of good old linemen at Western, and they still got a a, a plethora of them right now. Um, Zach Fry and some of those guys. Holy smokes, they're they're always loaded on the line of scrimmage. That's for sure.
1: Well, any chance I have for a guest to wax poetic about offensive line talent, I have to take the opportunity. So just hearing you uh, list off those names was awesome. Uh, Coach Chris Bertoya, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this has been a pleasure. Uh, all the best moving forward hopefully getting our football back soon and whatever version of the offseason moving into hopefully our 2021 OUA season this coming fall
0: thanks so much Zach and Dakota thanks for having me on and and uh, hey breath of fresh air just to talk shop sometimes you know Uh, it's uh, it's good so you guys keep doing what you're doing you're doing a great thing and and uh, we'll see you guys down the road somewhere
1: definitely all the best coach
0: take care